With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. 7-Eleven. Hot food, hot and ready near you. Your rugby league coverage on SEN starts now. Welcome to NRL Crunch Time. Yeah, hi everybody. Welcome to Combank Stadium live on this soggy Saturday afternoon crunch time. Brought to you by 7-Eleven. You're never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Australian beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. Uh, call 1300-01-1170 to join us. 0457-736-736 is the text line or you can tweet us at 1170SEN. I'm Matt White. Welcome to our listeners across the network, including 1170SEN in Sydney, 1620 SEN on the Goldie and for the very first time welcome to our listeners on 693 SENQ in Queensland this is crunch time you can also download the SEN app and listen to us anytime anywhere alongside me today here at Combank James Magnuson fresh off a full week of breakfast radio and from the (laughs) Sydney Morning Herald Adrian Prezenko joining us so uh, Adrian I think we need to make sure that this guy stays awake for the next couple of hours but he's He's ready to rumble. He's got his bulldog scarf on, and you are good to go, Maggie. Yeah, living the dream, Maddie. I was just waiting for one of these NRL crunch times to line up with the Bulldogs game, and I am feeling very bullish about this game today. Excuse the pun. Uh, I think the Sharks are dining out on some early season success. And I'm backing the Bulldogs in for a win. He's backing them in. Well, at the moment, the weather, I mean, we all know what kind of weather's been around and what's coming for the next couple of days right up and down the East Coast. Mm. And it was pouring on the way out here when I was driving out here. Yeah. Now it's, it's stopped. It's like everything's just pressed pause. Eight and a half point start, Maggie. You, you saw it. that. You, you thought it was very tempting indeed, didn't you? Oh, I love it. Eight and a half points. A little bit in disrespectful. Yeah, in wet conditions. I want our text line today to get absolutely blown up by Bulldogs fans. I want every one of our listeners that's a Bulldogs fan to text in today and tell me how much, how confident are you and, and how much do you think we'll win by today against the Sharks? We see a new player for the Bulldogs. I think he's the 830th first grade Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldog in Declan Casey. Tell us a bit about the man who'll be wearing number 19, named in the centres, but more than likely playing on the wing. Yeah, named in the centres, but he'll play in the wing. They'll have Jacob Kiraz in the centres. They've uh, been trying to wool pull us for about a month now, haven't they, Adrian? <laughs> naming Kiraz on the, on, the, on the wing. We're um, falling for it every time as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah he He'll play on the wing. Uh, he's quick. He put a massive shot on Caelan Ponga uh, in the trial games earlier this year. He won't let the team down. A similar sort of style to a Josh Adokar. Um, I'm looking forward to his debut. And Adrian, the other big out for the Bulldogs is their coach, their interim coach. No Mick Potter because of COVID protocols. It's a real shame as well because they've been building something under him. They've got a bit of momentum. They're going for their third straight win. And 
Um, you know, listening to the opposing coach, Craig Fitzgibbon, in his press conference yesterday, he can certainly empathise having twice been uh, yeah. struck out with COVID. So a bit of a shame. We've got a feeling for the feeling. I think we've got Craig Sandercock and David Ferner um, holding the chair for the guy holding the chair. We're um, Reese Walsh, Mick Potter and... Andrew Vossel at some house party or something this week that we don't know about. They're all down with COVID. That was our <laughs> Yeah, There's some sort of random house party going on. Vossi's given them all COVID and then he's done the runner for a morning breakfast show. <laughs> now, how on earth did you manage to... I mean, this was your life for a long time, getting up early and, and going to work early, essentially. And that's yeah. what you've been doing last week. We yeah. shared the Brecky show Monday, we Tuesday. Yep. Had a lot of fun. And then you had Jimmy Smith for the rest of the week. And then you manage... You, you walk straight in and start talking about going to see Top Gun. Yeah. So you've you've done a week Brecky Radio, weeks Brecky Radio, and you've, yeah. you've still managed to punch out a movie last night. Yeah, Burning I had, the candle at both ends. Yeah, yeah, I had date night last night, so, oh. you know, you got to keep the flame alive. Um, <laughs> we went and saw Top Gun. For anybody out there that hasn't seen Top Gun, it is an absolute masterpiece. You know, with movies these days, guys, they've started getting, like, really gritty so, sometimes a bit depressing. They're, they're almost too real life. I want to go and just see Glitz and Glamour. <laughs> yeah. There was so much fake tan and baby oil, baby oil in this movie. <laughs> and you know what? I loved it. Right. I loved it. It was just a good old classic Hollywood feel-good movie. Mm. I left the cinema with a massive smile on my face. Yeah. And I'll go out there on a limb and say it's probably the best movie I've seen in the past three, four years. And this is coming from someone who didn't watch the original as well. Yeah, so I, I was behind the eight ball from the start, and I, I watched uh, I watched it leading into the um, leading into the movie just to make sure I had a little bit of a background. Um, and I thought this one knocked it out of the park, way better than the original. So you did some you did some Top Gun research before you went and saw the new Top Gun. Yeah, so I was yeah. wondering. Um, so You're a freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering how they made it look so realistic in the planes. Yeah. So they've got their, their faces are sort of stuck back when they're doing the stunts and. And all that kind of thing in the movie. So what they did was Tom Cruise actually flew in one of these fighter jets. He was in the cockpit and they filmed him actually copying those G-forces to make it look realistic in the movie. It's right. unbelievable. And, and speaking of faces being pulled tight, Top Gun, uh, the old uh, Tom Cruise is uh, looking pretty good as well. There was plenty of shots with him with his shirt off. Was and it was, it was like Magnuson in his prime. <laughs> Missile-style action. <laughs> that's what he was doing. That's, it, that's what he was doing. Like, hey, uh, that's what I used to look like, if you, yeah. if, you, if you remember back in the day. But that, that shows then... That they must have. So did Tom? Does I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it yet, Adrian. Yeah, I have seen it. I'd give that four choc tops as well. It was outstanding. Oh, four out of five choc tops. Yep. Um, so does Tom Cruise's face actually get distorted when he's get when he's got the G forces yeah, on yeah, it, or so has the Botox kicked <laughs> in? Because that's a very fine balance yeah, for someone. Yeah. So what are well, G forces required? <laughs> well, I was discussing it with my girlfriend after the movie. I said, "Geez, Tom Cruise looks unbelievable at mm. sixty years of age." I said, "Do you reckon he's had any work done?" She said, yeah, he would have had a little bit of work done. I said, well, whatever Tom Cruise has done is perfect. Whatever Val Kilmer's done is on the other end of the scale. He's had the tox, but it's blown his head up to twice the size. Right. I know he's had some, some health problems as well. Um, but I came prepared for the show today with a question for you two. Right. If you were a pilot in, uh, in the Navy Air Force, what would your call sign be? Obviously, I'm going to run with missile. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, so you're, so you, you're just going to go like pre-made. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I've, yeah. I've come with one already. If What's your call sign? So we've got Goose, Rooster, Maverick. A couple of the ones in, in this one, there was Hangman. Wow. Um, what would you... Yeah, I'll, I'll let you have the next break. Well, uh, yeah, we're so going to have to think about me. it because that's... A, a, when you think about it, it's a very unfair question because yours is pre-made. Mm. Yeah. I mean, Adrian and myself don't walk don't walk yeah. around with a title like yeah, this. Yeah. Question without notice, yeah. Were you doing the Channel 10 commentary back 2011, 2010-ish when... No. I got given the nickname. No, that was Anthony Hudson. Anthony Hudson. Who, who I, christened you the missile? Well, it was Hutto because I, I was listening to you, to you and Jimmy talk yeah, about it. Was it him that came up with it, though? I'm not sure if he... Because in that yeah. call that you played, Hutto referenced the man they call the missile. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. I wasn't sure if he'd given me that nickname earlier in the week or if it was somebody else. I'm disappointed you didn't give it to yourself like you just did a few moments ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, before that, Maddie might remember, they were trying to get the nickname uh, the anchor man to stick yes people have been saying the anchor man like a ron berg it was ron uh at the time when ron burgundy had just anchor man had just come out wow. and i was the anchor leg of the relay wow and always delivered yeah and they're trying to say anchor man and then somebody um, so it must have been at channel 10 yeah because you, you guys were doing the call Somebody came out with missile and it stuck. What was your initial reaction when you heard that? Did you think, yeah, that's that's me. that's not bad? Well, see, I didn't really catch on to it until I came back to Australia. So I was over in Shanghai and uh, there wasn't a, a heap of media over in, in Shanghai. And I got back to Australia, got to the airport and there were cameras everywhere and reporters. I was like, well, things have changed a little bit here. Everyone was saying, missile, missile, missile. And I was like, whoa, this is... I didn't mind it. Yeah. Um, there could be worse nicknames. I've just thought of something, though. If you are going to become an aviator and, mm. and you are out there in the war zone and you use the term missile as your call sign, you're, in a, bit, you're, you're in a bit of strife. You're, you're either dropping them or they're dropping them yeah. on you. Or if, if, I'm, if I'm flying and someone's trying to use it, my call sign, they're going, missile, missile, I'm going, where? Hey, I tell you who could have a bit of a uh, bit of a target on his back right now. It's got to be Justin Holbrook, hasn't it? I mean, that was a very, very insipid performance against the Knights. 38 points to 12 was the final score. 22 nil, I think it was, at half time. It, it could have been absolutely... Absolutely anything, the scoreboard. So I think on reflection, when you go back and see that final score, you think, oh, you know, they were there or thereabouts. They were nowhere near it, were they? No. And if um, if they'd brought their goal-kicking goal shoes as well, it would have been much worse. And listening to Justin Holbrook afterwards, it was a little bit reminiscent of Trent Barrett in the last couple yes, of games where he didn't know that things were going wrong. He didn't know how to fix it. Mm. And it just seemed this vicious cycle. And I think that's where Justin Holbrook's at now. And this is a team that, if we take our minds back just, just over 12 months ago, they were, they were playing semi-final football and were very unlucky to uh, be edged out by the Roosters in their first semi. And they look like morals for the wooden spoon the way they're going at the moment. As far as trying to keep your job, I, I, know, I sensed exactly the same thing, Adrian, yeah. when, when Trent Barrett was saying it week after week. And then it got to the point where he said, I've got no answers. And you go, hang on a second. You've got to have answers, and yep. you've, you've got yep. to work out a way to get answers if you can't find them. And when I heard Justin Holbrook say that after last night, I thought, that's not going to do yourself any favours to try and keep 
the job. Well, only a few weeks ago, I did a feature about the uh, <laughs> the cutthroat nature of the coaching yep. um, industry, and and one of the people that I spoke to was Mal Meninga, and he was saying that the clubs too often pull the trigger, and there's got to be some responsibility from everyone within the organisation, and not just scapegoating the coach. And now Mal Meninga's in a position where he's got a role with the Titans and has had for some time, and he's going to have to make a decision on Justin Holbrook and whether or not he's the right guy going forward. If you're Justin Holbrook, would you want to stay there and just ruin your coaching legacy? Like, what's he got to gain? I'm just... uh, We talked about what are some of the reasons uh, for the performance last night. So Jared Wallace, starting front rower, runs for 28 metres. Yeah. Three runs. He had in the entire game. Sam McIntyre, starting second rower, runs for nine metres. One run in the entire game. Just the, the, there's individuals in the team who aren't pulling their weight. And you look at guys like Tino and you go, you poor bugger. Mm. We, we know how good he is, but he's just carrying that team on his shoulders. That, that side was making 2022 Anthony Milford look like 2014 Anthony oh, Milford. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was interesting. So after... The, uh, we got back from the movies. I looked at the highlights and I was watching, you know, the KO minis. She had a busy night. <laughs> yeah, I was up to about 1am trying to do my research before the show. Um, and uh, and I said, oh, Holbrook's got to go. And my girlfriend said, oh, you never really hear about Holbrook. Like, why, why don't we hear about him on the news? I said, look, it's because they're on the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. And honestly, people here don't really care. And I thought, if people don't care about the Gold Coast Titans and we don't talk about them, do we like how invested are we in having a team on the Gold Coast? Like that's if that's the if that's the real reason why nobody really talks about the Titans and Holbrook. It's similar in then the why NFL, they, right? Why are they why there? Are they that's there? what you're saying. Why are they there? Mm. Um, if if he was at a Sydney club, he would have been gone a month ago. But I I, I even haven't really thought about it until now because I just don't care about the Titans. You mentioned Jared Wallace, so sent off late in the game. Grade two dangerous throw, so he's going to be gone for. Two weeks if he pleads uh, an early guilty plea there or three weeks if he contests and is unsuccessful. So they'll be missing him for the next couple of weeks. They're now on a six-game losing streak. The Titans will be hoping he gets three weeks just quietly. (laughs) (laughs) They've got the bye next week. And then, I mean, regardless of of who they're going to run up against, it's going to be the tough run home. But isn't it fascinating and how... Like this time, what, a month or so ago, the Bulldogs were anchored to the bottom. They made their choice and brought Mick Potter in, and things have definitely clearly improved. Now, they're climbing up. So if you're the Titans, are you looking at that saying, well, we made the Bulldogs made a move on Barrett. They brought in somebody like Mick Potter. It got us off the bottom of the ladder, at least, and now we're starting to turn things around. Do you reckon the Titans look at the similar kind of scenario, or do they try and see out the season with Holbrook? Well, if, if, if they sack Holbrook, and I'm a prospective Titans coach long-term, do you... Is there anything to gain by coming in now? Like, like you mm. could you could potentially give it to someone who's already there, like a Jim Dimmick, and give him a go, and then you can suck it and see and say, well, if he has some success, he can stay on in the role. But yeah. I just there are underlying issues there. I mean, they've paying in excess of a million dollars for David Fafita, which history would suggest that was not a prudent call. Wild. They had Jamal Fogarty in there as halfback, got rid of him, yeah. and are now paying for Kieran foreign in his mid-30s isn't it it's what is going on up there i I look at the titans and go okay where did things go wrong for the titans in the past three four years well they put all their eggs in one basket with (laughs) it they put all their eggs in one basket with a young halfback called ashley taylor and said this is our man let's build our team around this guy 
and he's going to take us to the promised land. Didn't work out. So Ash Taylor leaves and they go, all right, we've got an experienced halfback in Jamal Fogarty. Uh, we're, we're trucking along all right. Okay, what do we do? Let's bring in Toby Sexton, put all our eggs in one basket with this young halfback and go again. Like, seriously, that's the definition of madness. I, I, they haven't learned their lesson. I was at a function not long ago, and I was sitting next to Graham Annesley, and um, it was a, an interesting chat. I said, of all the jobs you've you've had, Graham, which one was the worst? And I said, you've been a referee, a referee's boss. You've been boss of the Titans. You're, the, um, you know, you're now in head office. You've been a politician. And we're going back to his time at the Titans. I said, Jared Hayne, if you had your time again, mm-hmm. do you do it? Would you do it? And he said yes. And and I look at that, and I think that that's that's almost the beginning of the end. Yeah. I reckon because if you remember, Neil Henry had that team right, humming and then he came into the squad and for all, he, he won a couple of games for them single-handedly, but for everything that he, he brought on the field, he brought a circus off the field, he divided the playing group and it got to a point where Neil Henry said, it's either me or him, one of us has got to go and they said, no dramas, there's the door. They decided to keep Jared Hayne in the end, they, they were both gone not long afterwards, and, and that was the beginning of the descent. Mm. Where's Neil Henry now? No, he's um, doing a bit of work. He's trying to um, help start up a coaches association, oh, nice. um, of which Mal Meninga, um, ironically, is uh, is the chair of. Yeah. So they're looking to get some funding and sponsorship and get that going. And it's, uh, it's quite the time to do it, given we've had three sackings already, and I dare say by the end of the year there'll be at least one or two more. Well, Nathan Brown will be putting his hand up for that kind of role because that's what he spoke about when he left the yeah, Warriors there, wanting, wanting to try and help keep coaches in the job because it's a brutal game. Last night, Bluebet Stadium, Panthers 26 over the Roosters 18. So Penrith led 14-6 at half time, and the Roosters had a crack last night. So on, on that side of the ledger, Trent Robinson was happy. But let's have a listen to Trent Robinson after the game because he was not happy with the refereeing. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just a horrible decision. You know, that, we shouldn't let a try in on the end of it. That's not the... But, I mean, there were so many poor decisions tonight. We had same referee last game and it was like 30-odd offsides, you know, and it was a 3-1 penalty count. And it was like, well, this is normal. And then, you know, every opportunity, it was, you know, Sammy Verrill's one, um, give them opportunities. And then the the offsides on the try line, it was just give, keep giving them opportunity. That was the that was the field position. You know, the offsides on both sides, you know, you can call Yo, you can call Cleary, constantly. But if you don't if you don't um, penalise, then. You know, you end up with 28% possession. You know, it was just, it wasn't a good enough performance tonight. You know, the Nat Butcher one at the end there, you know, they're they're just, they're they're big decisions that, you know, you can't get wrong. Um, And it wasn't good enough. So they're 10th place now, the Roosters. It's the first time since 2016 they've lost four straight games. And Robinson doesn't mind um, speaking out if he doesn't think that the referee's going his way. What did you make of those comments? I think he sailed close to the wind in terms of a fine, but but probably just pulled up short. Um, I can understand his frustration, but it just it's it's that sort of losing bleeding coach thing, isn't it? Like it's just yeah. it's not effective. Like like you, you ha- if you've got a complaint, it's just seems to sink in more when you've actually had a win. Or, you know, I know a couple of things went against him, but. His team shouldn't be in this position. I, like many people, tip them to, to run first to win the whole thing, and they're now in danger of missing out on the eight altogether. Mm. I thought they looked good last night, though. Radley Buck makes a huge difference yep. to that team. And the name that gets everyone upset when you say it, 
Matt Lodge will make a big difference to that squad. Mm. They, mi- they miss a bit up front. They haven't had Hargraves there. If they bring in Hargraves and Matt Lodge at the same time, that's quite a different looking forward pack, quite an intimidating forward pack in comparison to what it's been in recent weeks. And what about Joey Manu? He oh, is a guy who, who could be the top three player in three positions. So yep. the previous week, he runs for 400 metres at fullback in a Crazy. test match against Tonga. He's the best centre in the world. And then he plays 5'8". And, and he, he's almost the best player on the field last night. Where are we at with pronunciations, by the way? Because I heard last night Joseph Suwali's name pronounced Joseph Suwali'i. Oh, God. I heard that for the, <laughs> I heard that for the first time yeah. as well. Yeah. Brace, James Bracey did it in the Channel 9 Cross. Yeah. Uh, in the well, news. He's pretty well researched. Yeah, yeah, no. Brace, be on the ball. Brace would be all over yeah. it. Yeah. So I went, hang on a second, are we... So we at Suali'i now. Same as uh, I guess Papali'i. Papali'i is Suali'i's background Samoan, like Papali'i. Well, well Papali'i's got the um, got yes. the little comma. Yeah, yeah what, okay. what do you call it? Yeah, yeah. No, so he is eligible for Samoa. Samoa um, could have a good squad. So they could. They? Oh, they wow. could be. You, yeah. If you put him in a, you know, three or four Panthers into that side, that is some team. So if here's one for the Australian squad. If Tupu declares for Tonga, if Toto dis- declares for Samoa, Suwali could come into that Australian squad. If they pick a 30-man squad... He's 18 years old. Oh, Isn't it amazing? Oh. Like, like he, and he wouldn't look out of place either. You could have a, a wing combination. I mean, the Queensland wingers haven't been bad. I'd probably potentially have Valentine Holmes on one wing and uh, Addo Carr on another wing. But... Uh, can you pick Cobbo based off his form in, in origin? I'm not sure. I think Suwali'i yeah. could come into that Australian squad. Isn't it scary that like his best position is fullback and he'll eventually really? end up yeah. there. That the, the Roosters have got Tedesco, Suwali'i yeah, <laughs> and, and Manu that could would all be starting fullbacks in just about every other side. Yeah, okay. Right. So if if there is the apostrophe there, but I don't think there is an apostrophe on Suwali. I want to find that. Okay, just just have a look while I'm while I'm doing the research because we've got all there sorts isn't. of stuff going on. There isn't. But if there is, then there should be a pause <laughs> in the, in the pronunciation. There isn't, so but there's a double I. I'll tell you what, I'm gonna text James Bracey. I'll text yeah, Brace yeah, yeah. and see if I can get to the bottom of it because uh, it was the He'll first know. time I heard it last night. It's twenty one minutes after twelve, right here on the SEN network. You're listening to Crunch Time, thanks to seven eleven. After the break, we'll look back at Friday night footy. What is going on at the back end of the games for the Manly Seagulls? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. if you'd like to join us on the phone or you can text 0457 736 736. Maybe because I'm stuck. I can't come up with a name. I can't... I, I can picture myself in a fighter jet, but I can't picture myself radioing ahead with a, with a funky name outside <laughs> of Whitey. Have you ever been in a fighter jet? Not a fighter jet. I've done the roulettes. I've done the aerial, the acrobatics. Was that like the Red Bull fighter planes? Yeah, well, the roulettes are the um, uh, are the acrobatic yeah, yeah, guys yeah, that go yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. We did that over the I've, Gold Coast. I've done a hot lap uh, around Bathurst and at Homebush, yeah. and that's enough G-forces for me. I don't want to, I don't want to get into a You would have done that, wouldn't you, Manny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I've... Uh, we, we did the roulettes above the Gold Coast ahead of the Indy cars one year, and there was an yeah. Indy car driver. So there's six planes. Yeah. And I was in the lead plane, and there was a, a, one of the drivers, Roberto Moreno, was in one of the other planes behind us. And they did the first barrel roll, mm. right? We're out over the water, and he did, they did the first barrel roll, those two planes on the edges. He said, and this is a, 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 an Indy car driver who's used to G-forces, yeah. he said, I'm out. Let's go <laughs> back. 
And I thought, holy crap, if he's saying that, we haven't started yet. We haven't even started. How did you find it? I found it awesome because I couldn't stop laughing. And I think that helped me because they said to me, just try and get your your abs going as much as you can. And I could not stop laughing how much fun it was. And I reckon... That's what helped me. So I got one up on a wow. on an international race car driver. I, yeah. I was in that. Uh, I was doing a hot lap here at Homebush with Grant Denyer not long after he had his accident. So I'm not sure which one of us was more nervous. Yeah. <laughs> as, as somebody who went round to Denyer's place after that accident and saw the uh, the situation he was in, God knows how you got, got out <laughs> and the tablets that he had to take to get through the day. We will take a break. Come back and join us on the other side. There's the little kick. Does it get through? Does it get through? Here goes Cola. Cola. Oh, catch him. him. Away goes catch the young him. man. Hughes. Hughes has given up on the chase. There goes Cola. The fans knew it straight away. Tolatel Cola gets across. No one catches him. It's a spiral. It'll come down. Yeah. Oh, he's let it bounce. Pappenhausen let it bounce. Now it comes back into the hands of the manly player and he scored it. <laughs> Christian Tupeloto. Oh. Has picked up the bouncing ball and scored the try. That's horrible from Ryan Pappenhausen. They go to Garrick. Garrick, they got the extra number. May not need the extra number. That is great work there from Morgan Harper. Just muscled his way over the line. Had the man outside him. Didn't need him. He's played well tonight. Poked his nose through a couple of times. And now the scoreline is 22 points to six. Alokawatu. Alokawatu. Wow. Oh, Oh, yeah. What a powerhouse. Skipped through a tackle, skipped through another one, and then used his power to go past Pappenhausen. What a talent this young man is. Oh, um, got across and scored. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, Spud. I don't think they're going to do it, but they've got themselves another try. 36-26. Now Pappenhausen. He's going to get away. They're going to score it. There'll be 14 seconds left. So he wants to stop the clock ASAP. Points to the spot. Seven seconds remaining. That is a crazy game of footy. 36 points to 30 is the final scoreline. But that was all over the shop. Unbelievable. The Storm scored in the 74th, 77th, 78th and 79th minute of that game at Four Pines Park. You're listening to Crunch Time, brought to you by 7-Eleven. You are never far away from 7-Eleven's classic slow-cooked Aussie beef pie or traditional veggie pasty. Oh. Go. The beef it's, pie. it's right on the lunch time. Like yes. it's twelve thirty, folks. We're right in that zone. <laughs> leave, your, leave your veggie pasty at the door. Yes, but Matt, I'll, I'll have the meat pie. Thank you, Matt White, James Magnuson, Adrian Prezenko with you. Uh, the Rooster Man says Adrian could be Ads Man, and Maddie, you could be Motorhead. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah that's I'm, a pretty good I'm, one. I'm not disappointed with that either. Are you okay with Ads yeah, Man? I'm okay with that. So Ads Man, Motorhead, and the missile. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's that's, not bad. Someone would be hitting the eject button very, very quickly. <laughs> would you be the missile or just a missile? Just missile. Just missile. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Word economy, that's the way to do it. What on earth is happening to Manly at the back end of games? They did it against the Cowboys and it went pear-shaped and they ended up losing the match. They win this one by six points, but there's a serious cliff that they fall off at the back end here. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think the, the scoreboard definitely flattered Melbourne, though, and... Um, Craig Bellamy, like he absolutely tore strips off them. And how often do you hear a coach speak, a, a, you know, about his players when they've only lost by six points? But yeah. obviously, that scoreline has papered over some cracks from from their end. And 
Um, that's all of a sudden Manly are one of those teams that are on the fringe, aren't they? Like we've got yeah. the Roosters, Manly, even Souths potentially. They're not all going to make the eight, which is you know, unfathomable at the start of the year. What What's Manly missing? So they've got... Good halfback, good five There's a fullback called uh, Travoyevich, yeah, which, which yeah, yeah. would be pretty handy. <laughs> but even when you look at even when you look at that team, I mean, Garrick's more than pulled his weight, right? Yep. Are they, are they a bit light on in the centres? A little bit light on in the front row? Could we see a deal? So we're talking off air. Matt Lodge to the Roosters. The, the same thing happened last year with Pengai Junior to to the Panthers. Uh, teams that are, are looking to lock a spot in in that top eight and, and be going strong into the semis are filling those last couple of roster spots with teams, uh, with players from the cellar dwellers, mm. right? If, if you're the Eagles, are you starting to look at maybe we pick up a centre or a front rower from one of these bottom three, four teams leading into the semifinals? Well, you might be right. I mean, it might be that case there because when you say what are the Eagles lacking and I can't really see too many too many big holes that they're lacking. Yeah. But maybe what they do need is an injection of new talent or, or something like that just to help them get towards the back end of the season because if they're falling away at the back end of games, then the, the, the run home to the semis, if they're going to be there, is going to be really, really hard. Well, you look at their starting props of Kepi and Sipley. They're not striking fear into the opposition, are they? Like, right. they're, they're, yeah, good they're, bench, yeah. they're good bench players. You've also got, uh, you know, Andrew Davies starting... There's a little bit of strike missing, you know. I noticed, you know, Tapao came off the bench, Paseca as well. But there's, there's, they don't have the one-two punch that some of the top teams mm. have in that, you know, like a Campbell Gillard or a Paulo yeah. or something. So you like reckon that. it's in their forward rotation that they're probably lacking a bit of strike, a little bit of mongrel. Mm. Mm. Matt Lodge would have been handy there. Oh, would have been very, very handy. Yeah. But they moved through 36 points to 30, and you mentioned the Craig Bellamy tour strips off his team afterwards, um, but no Cam Munster. Now there's. Gee, there's some stuff going around in Cameron Munster's world at the moment between him. So he signed with Melbourne Storm for next season, but everybody's yep. talking about where he's going to end up in 2024. And now Wayne Bennett's thrown another curveball by saying we're trying to get him in 2023, Love which it. has put the Storm's nose out of joint as well. Where's this going to land? Well, well that's interesting because the Storm are aggrieved and, and their CEO, Justin Rodsky, has basically for a second time made a formal complaint formal, yeah, to yeah. the NRL and saying, like, they're soliciting our, our player. They're trying to induce yeah. him to break contract. And interestingly, in about half an hour, the Storm are actually going to have a media conference at which Cameron Munster will be there, where I dare say he will be saying... I'm here and I'm committed at least until the end wow. of 2023. There we go. Breaking news. But but then again, Wayne Bennett's a persuasive man and he needs a kill. He hasn't got a marquee mm. signing. He's got a blank checkbook. So so what, why do you think the Storm would roll out? If, if they're going to roll out Cameron Munster today to say that I'm committed to the Storm, that, that to me doesn't serve any purpose aside from maybe smacking him down a little bit and shows that there's probably a bit of drama between the Munster camp and the Melbourne camp. Uh, surely you'd be only calling a press conference with Cameron Munster if he's signing an extended deal, if you've got something to announce. Possibly. I mean, we'll, we'll know in about half an hour, but basically they've, the, the alert we'll says the mail here, Amy Maddie. Park, Cameron Munster, all in media conference, one o'clock. Just Cameron Munster? Cameron Munster. That's why you so, listen to NRL Crunch Time. Right. We get the good mail. That's yep. right. Well, I, we, yeah, well, we'll try and get that live when it, when it pops up as well because I, I'm fascinated. to. I, I get the Melbourne can fire off to the, to the Dolphins and, and say to the NRL, you need to stop this talk. I get that they're going to fight tooth and nail for the player, but he's under contract. The interesting yeah. thing with Cameron Munster is 
what a different discussion it is to say seven or eight months ago because yeah. there was a point there where I think privately they'll never concede it that there was some at the storm thinking like we need to get rid of him like he wasn't playing well he was getting into some trouble off the field there was the whole white powder scandal mm. um the omo it wasn't the omo the omo that was left on the table <laughs> <laughs> and look he's he's off he's on the Daniel wagon he yeah. off the source he's playing fantastic football um you know, all of a sudden, people are falling over themselves, including Wayne Bennett, to get his signature. Yeah, it just seems like a fit at the Dolphins. Mm. Queenslander going home, he'll be the marquee man. Imagine the third-party deals. He'd get up there, he'd be the face of the club. I want to see it as a, as a rugby league fan. I don't want to see the Dolphins come into the comp with no big names and just sort of kick the bucket for the first year or two. I want to see them come in with a bang with a big-name player like Munster and really make an impact on the competition. I think it's potentially a disaster. He's in a really strong system. He's got Craig Bellamy coaching him. He's got really good players around him. Um, they they oh, can you pull think him. Munster could be a disaster out there? I, I think potentially. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think that he, he's playing his best football where he is, and if he yeah. goes up there, all of a sudden he's got the pressure of being the poster boy for a franchise that I think is going to struggle. Um, you know, can he stay on the wagon up there? Will he have the same influences around him? I reckon if, if I'm him and, and they get even close to the sort of money that they're offering him up north, can I stay put. Can they get put. close to the money? Well, that's, that's the thing. Everyone's got a tipping point. What was there? You know how they said they came back with a, a better offer. So they started at 750 Seven, and the Dolphins were talking yeah. 1.3. So we're worlds apart. Yep. Do you know what they came back with? Well, you would think they'd have some money given that Brandon Smith's leaving. Like some of those yeah. storm forwards are already going up there. So yeah, yeah. they definitely get, yeah, they have to make him a priority. But he's not going to get as much at the storm given all of the, the good players on their roster as he could up there. Yeah. Well, this press conference this afternoon has really got me thinking because it's <laughs> yeah. either, it is either going to be a really big story or it's going to be a whole heap of nothing. Yeah, because yeah. if he comes out and says I'm committed to the storm, well, so it, I mean, why we'd have why would we'd have we'd have yeah. players doing that every single day. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's that's a smackdown to Wayne, if you know, because basically hands off, you're not going to touch him. We're you know trying to keep him. We're we're confident that we'll do that, and there's no chance he's leaving us before the end of 2023. Or does he come out and say I'm I'm re-signing? After 23, I'm extending well, my deal. I, I can't see that they would call a, a storm press conference if it's a bad news story for the storm. That's right. That's One right. of the funniest things to watch, I still find, is you watch NRL 360 and uh, Munster's contract comes up and Brayton Aston, his manager, <laughs> says, oh, well, we're not sure. We haven't heard anything from the Dolphins. I'm like... What? Well, Braith said the other night that he won't play against Manly. So he said that on the yeah, show. The other yeah. thing that I'm hearing is that his shoulder issue, like, like that he could potentially carry it and get needled up through origin, Yeah, but he is unlikely to get through the entire season. And when I say that, that's potentially the, the kangaroos playing in the World Cup. So if he can ke- get all the way through the season with it and, and put that shoulder surgery off, I reckon at some point he'll have to go under the knife. And I suspect that he may not be available for Mal Meninga for wow. Australian selection. Ooh, let us know your thoughts. 0457 736 736 or give us a call. 1300 01 1170. Crunch time. Uh, thanks to 7-Eleven. We're back after this live at Combank Stadium. There, I think I just see, saw a little bit of sun. No, it wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> just a really bright light. Back after this. It is crunch time. We're coming to you from Combank Stadium ahead of the Bulldogs and the Sharks. So an interesting call later on this afternoon. I'll be joined by Andrew McCulloch.
from the Dragons, of course, and uh, Timmy Manor will be joining us as well. But right now, Matt White, James Magnuson, and Adrian Prezenko, thanks to 7-Eleven. So Motorhead Missile on Adsman. I think that's what we <laughs> narrowed our call signs down to off the back of you seeing Top Gun. And Rooster Man on the text line says, I've got to see it at the cinema. Don't wait for it to be streamed. That's the, that's the call that everybody's been saying. It's a yeah. popcorn experience. It's like Absolutely. the special effects and the sound and all that stuff. You've got to see it on the big screen. Yep. Okay, I'll take that tip. Uh, let us know your thoughts around that. 0457 736 736. Adrian, your article during the week linking Sam Burgess and John Sutton with a return to the South Sydney fold when it comes to coaching. Um, I think a lot of people can obviously see that working, but, but where does Wayne Bennett again play a part in this? Because Sam Burgess yes. and Bennett are, are linked. Well, he's torn Sam Burgess because obviously he's got a you know, great connection with Wayne Bennett. But he's also got a great connection with South Sydney and Russell Crowe. As it stands, he's uh, coaching Russell Crow, the Russell Crowe-backed Arara Valley Axemen. Yeah. Um, so he's doing that the for the time being. The Sharks would smash them just quietly. <laughs> <laughs> we, need a, we need a divisional playoff or something. Yeah. So, so he's got to make a decision. He's wanted by South. Um, John Sutton and uh, and Sam Burgess have spoken previously about wanting to coach together at SG ball level. Um, Sam has got uh, aspirations to be an NRL head coach, and this comes at a time when we're seeing so many of these coaches being rotated and recycled and uh, all this disruption at club level. So South reckon he can certainly add something, and Wayne will, as he always does, make a very compelling argument to go north. I saw uh, on, on the, some local news up there a few weeks back, Wayne Bennett actually came down to one of the Aurora uh, Valley Axemen games. So mm. Bennett was there yep. and posing for photos and doing interviews with local journalists as well. So that, that connection's super strong. So it's you think it's... media attention, the Aurora Valley Axemen. <laughs> They're not really known as a strong team in the area. He's so close with Russell Crowe, though, that, yeah. you know, I, I think that that bond, and it's almost an unshakable bond, I, I think that that's probably going to pull him to Redfern is my tip. But at the same time, if you're doing a, a coaching apprenticeship and you want to become an NRL head coach, who better to do it under than, than Wayne Bennett? Yeah, I just reckon he'll come down to Sydney. I'm, I'm seeing like Point Piper or Potts Point <laughs> rather than up to Redcliffe. He'll, he'll have the boat moored. And it, they'll roll out the red carpet at South, the same as they did when he came over to play for them. It's just um, struck me how much you should be torn today because you're a former Port Macquarie Shark yeah. who became a Bulldogs fan. And today the main headline act here is the Bulldogs v Sharks. How did you end up as a Doggies fan? Uh, so my dad grew up in the Bankstown area right. and then moved up to Port Macquarie as a young man to work as an accountant and met my mum up there. She's born and bred up Port Macquarie way. Actually, shout out to my dad. He had his last day of work this week. Did oh, he? Wow. He's retired. retired. Yeah, so he's been an accountant now. Must be the best part of 40 years. Um, and he's hung up the green pen. Wow. <laughs> um, and I said, you know what I said to him? Welcome to retirement. I've, I've been retired for 40 years myself. <laughs> You're 20 years behind me. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how it's meant to work, That's not, let's talk. Uh, let's talk coaching jobs because we've touched yeah. on this and we do this every single week, I think. And I don't know if we get closer to the answers, but let's start with the Bulldogs. As we mentioned, Mick Potter's not here today because of COVID protocols. What are you hearing uh, long-term for the doggies? Nothing. 
Honestly, like it's it's so hard to get a read on this one. Everything that the Tigers do somehow leaks out of their boardroom and is plastered, you know, front page, back page. But with Bulldogs, it all begins and ends with Gus. Phil Gould will decide what happens. He, you know, and it, we've been getting mixed messages from him. Initially, he was saying that it's a job for an experienced coach, but my understanding is that they're also after Seraldo, and we know that Cameron Seraldo is not going to West Tigers. They rolled out the black, white and gold carpet. They offered him a five-year deal. And, and I'm still getting my head around the fact that they're pitching to him rather than the other way around. This is a guy who obviously has come through a good system and is very capable. But, you know, we had very similar raps about Garth Brennan coming out of the Panthers, out of Trent Barrett, and we all know how that ended. So he's not going to West Tigers. They're back to square one. Uh, you know, potentially he could end up at the Bulldogs, but I, I think what will happen is that he'll probably recommit to Penrith for a year um, and potentially, you know, have a get-out clause if something better comes up, you know, fr- from an NRL perspective. As a Doggies fan, who, who do you think's the right fit as coach for your club? I thought Shane Flanagan. I thought Shane Flanagan was, was immoral to get it, but apparently that's not going to happen, so... Now I'm left wondering, uh, you know, who's left to, to, to coach the team. Uh, all the talk is that Gus wants to make a statement and come out with a big left-of-field name that is, is a big coup for the club. Um, I, I just, I don't know. Well, there's three premiership coaches out of work at the moment. You've got Flanagan, Green and Maguire. Do any of yeah. those appeal to you? They're, obviously, they've all been in the system. And then, or do you take a punt on an unknown like a, you know, a Christian Wolf? Or, or, or they, and then you've got that sort of in-between, like a, a John Morris who's had some NRL experience. Yeah, I just don't think the Bulldogs are a club that you take a punt on. Um, when we spoke about the Gold Coast Titans not getting too much media and us not talking about the coaching job, the Bulldogs are the exact opposite of yep. that, right? Um, you probably know when you write about the Bulldogs, it's a back page or a front page. They're a club that gets a lot of attention and they're, they're a big Sydney club. So I think we've got to go experience. Well, well would, you, would you be sleeping well at night knowing that Mick Potter was at their hill? For, for 12 more months, I wouldn't mind it. Um, a couple of people during the week, we had Michelle Bishop on the show and she said, oh, they don't want Mick Potter because he can't attract players. I'm looking at the team now. The squad's starting to settle a bit. We've got Marnie coming next year. We've got Kikau coming next year. I, I don't think we need to attract too many players in the next 12 months. So the, if, if the season continues to pan out the way it has the past fortnight, uh, I wouldn't mind Mick Potter hanging around for a year waiting for a better option to pop up. But does it sort of feel like you're treading water for a year? It does. Like that's that's yep. the other thing. And it does. Well, the, the, only two, the only two positions you, re, you really need to fill are, are halfback and fullback. And I know yep. Kyle Flan- Flanagan has, has done a reasonable job in recent years, but uh, sorry, in recent weeks, but you're not going to win a comp with him at, at halfback. Yeah, potentially. Uh, I mean, it depends what Burton turns into, right? If, if, if all Burton needs is a, a foil to kind of to lead the team around rather than be the, the key playmaker, then maybe Flanagan can do that. Avarillo at, at fullback has been a bit of a revelation, hasn't he? I, I did not see that coming. I, th- I think Charlie Staines is still potentially on the radar there Ooh. as well. So Yeah. What, what about... Uh, Although he's we on talking, good money at the moment. We're talking about Tyrell Sloan. Yeah. 
That's gone a little quiet. He's not been cited in first grade. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity for either, you know, the Tigers or the Bulldogs with both of those players. Mm. On the text line, Bulldogs big name coach, Ricky Stewart. So that has been floated before and denied. Yeah, we've spoken about that. Ricky said that he's happy there. And and again, I just feel that we're ready for a a boss move from Gus. I I just don't think that he's come back to a point Mick Potter as a as a coach for next year. I think that they will do some he'll do something bold and unexpected. So still a couple of other jobs hanging out there, the West Tigers and the Warriors as well. We'll get your thoughts on that after this break. You're listening to uh, Crunch Time. Thanks to 7-Eleven. Come back and join us at Combank Stadium. Welcome back to Combank Stadium. The Bulldogs against the Sharks this afternoon. You'll hear it right here on NRL Nation. Uh, Timmy Manor and Andrew McCulloch joining me for that call. A massive day of footy. Uh, the Bulldogs leading the Newtown Jets here 4-0 in the New South Wales Cup. So Matt Dufty scoring and the kick wasn't converted. So Bulldogs 4 leading the Jets nil. Just quickly before we head to the 1 o'clock news, fellas. So West Tigers, are we, are we any closer there or... Or is is Noddy the man at the moment? Well, he could be Steve Bradbury. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 scary. I mean, we've had Christian Wolf um, approached about the Warriors job, saying he doesn't want to go there. We've had Cameron Serrato say he doesn't want a five-year, multi-million-dollar deal. Yeah, they've given him the keys to the kingdom, and he's returned them back to him. So it may well be Noddy Kamali, just because no one else wants to do it. Yeah. The great Bar Lamb I just saw on the uh, big screen here. So there's probably about 20 people here at the moment, and he's a, a an easy target for the camera people <laughs> to focus in on. I was going to wear my Terry Lamb shirt today, but I thought, oh, maybe that's a bit too much. I'll just wear my Bulldog scarf. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favourite shirts, the Terry Lamb shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's one of my favourite players. He was absolutely yeah. unbelievable. When it came to backing up, nobody did it better than uh, T. Lamb. Now, what about the Warriors' job then? So there's three positions vacant signs still swinging out there in the wind in the NRL it's it's hard they've basically gone through four coaches through COVID it's um so we started with Kearney with Nathan Brown oh, with yeah. Payton Stacey Jones um and only today finally are they at home for the first time sorry tomorrow which is incredible they finally conquered COVID and then get two two of their best players uh are forced to pull out with um uh, who have we got? Reese Walsh and, Reece Walsh and, and Noah Blake yeah yeah absolutely well, so, question for you two I, I won't answer because I'm biased if, if you're a young coach and you've got the three teams as your options, Warriors, West Tigers, Bulldogs, which one would you choose to go to? Dogs. Dogs? Yeah, I, I, I was going to say dogs, but you, it's going to depend on the person who's willing to work um, under Phil Gould, isn't it? Yep. So, that, so that's as simple as that for me. I, out of the other two, I'd be leaning more towards the Tigers, even as, though, even as dysfunctional as they are. Um, I think it's a longer road back for the Warriors. What about if I add a, f- a fourth team, just theoretically, and throw the Titans in there? Are they any more attractive? Still dogs. Still dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when, when you do a pros and cons list, I think Phil Gould is in both of mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, he's going to help you um, attract talent, sign players. Yeah. He's going to make sure that you have the best facilities. Everyone that you need in terms of your support staff will be there. But ultimately, you'll have to deal with him more. Too. Is it accurate that the Tigers, or is this just talk, that the Tigers have a really promising bunch of 20-year-old kids coming through? They do. They, they really do. They won the Harold Matthews competition. But now the, the challenge for them is keeping them. And at the moment, yeah. like if you're a young, talented kid, you don't know who, who the coach is going to be, like who you're going to be developing under at the moment. So 
they just need some clarity there and, and, and to keep all of those good young kids because at the moment they've, you know, they're still paying overs for, for the likes of you know, Tyrant Peachy and others. It's, they've made some terrible decisions. Mm. You're listening to Crunch Time. We're live at Combank Stadium. Uh, we'll run you through this afternoon's games. Focus on the Bulldogs and the Sharks. You can join us anytime, folks. 0457 736 736 is our text line or the number to call 1300 01 1170. We're back for a very big second hour right after this. Oh, missile, see what you've started. <laughs> yeah, let's keep it going. You've got to get to the real good part. Yeah, yeah. Gets... Top Gun. So he's all he's all Tom Cruise loved up now, James Magnuson. Gone and seen Top Gun last night after not seeing the original one. Mm. Done your research. Yeah. And you've walked out of there just reaffirming that your nickname is perfect, not when it goes to flying planes into war zones. And I've turned up in studio today, fake tan with baby oil. <laughs> Ready for a game of volleyball. Mate, you were meant to keep the flame alive with your girlfriend. That's what you told us. That's why you said you went to the movies last night. So we've got to put it on our list. So we're looking for our call sign names. Uh, Rooster Man came up with... What was it? Ads man for you, yep. Adrian Prasenko, and Motorhead for me. What about this? A lot of our listeners have... Names that would work. So we've got Reptile, we've got uh, <laughs> we've got Rooster Man already, uh, we've got Greenkeeping Rooster. A bunch of our listeners already have pre pre made call signs. Do you want to be the wingman to a bloke called Reptile? <laughs> 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 well, see, I, I went straight because I am a bit of an aviation nerd, right? And I, yeah. I've spent a lot of time with the great Neil Crompton, who is a complete aviation nerd. He's got his yeah. own plane, he's a pilot, and we've flown around. So we talk to each other in the in the phonetic code. Yeah. So he, to me, he doesn't have a middle name, which is rather unfortunate, when, especially when he lives in that, in that world, because yeah. he is November Charlie... And he's put an A on the back of it. So he's November Charlie Alpha. Yeah. And I, um, my middle name is Daniel. So I'm Mike Delta Whiskey. Okay. What's your middle name? Robert. You're Juliet, uh, uh, Romeo, uh, Mike. Juliet, Romeo, Mike. Wow, that sounds like a Shakespeare play. Adrian, you're <laughs> I don't alpha. have a middle name. I'm with... I'm you're with Alpha Papa. Yeah, absolutely. Alpha Papa. That's a wow. good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah I okay. like that one. Yeah. Can I ask you a question if you're into aviation? So yes. the, the Top Gun's based around... Navy aviators, so the the Navy mm. pilots, are they better than the Air Force pilots, or who are the best? <laughs> I was confused by that because I'm like, when I said I'm a, I'm an aviation nerd, I just hook rides, free rides on planes. I don't hang around. Yeah, with... Okay, can someone text us <laughs> and if you know the answer to that, who are the best pilots? Is it the Navy pilots or the Air Force pilots? Do you think we'll get a Top Gun 3? Like, will we have to wait another, what is it, 30 or 40 years and will Tom Cruise still be running around with his shirt off then? (laughs) If Tom Cruise looks that good in another 30 years, that'll dead set do me. Uh, Welcome back to Crunch Time. It's thanks to 7-Eleven. You're listening across the SEN network, 1170 SEN in Sydney, 1620 SEN on the Gold Coast. And welcome to the listeners on 693 SENQ in Queensland. And that was the station where Wayne Bennett, um, told Patton Heels that uh, he was looking at Cameron Munster in 2023 and that's caused one hell of a Barney between the Melbourne Storm or an ongoing Barney. We're waiting for Cameron Munster to have this press conference, which we're fascinated by. So Cam Munster is having a, a call to the presser at Amy Park today. One o'clock today, yes. Okay, And so this is in response to the ongoing solicitation from Wayne Bennett. 
So we'll wait and see what happens in that one. And as soon as it does pop up somewhere, we'll try and bring it to you. Um, as we look ahead to today's meeting, fellas, so Bulldogs v Sharks is what's coming up here at Combank Stadium. Uh, the New South Wales Cup continues in front of us and the Jets have hit the lead, Maggie. So Newtown are leading six points to four, 13 minutes, 13 and a half minutes to go into the first half here. So this could be an interesting matchup this afternoon. The Bulldogs v Sharks, um, no Mick Potter. He's sitting out because of COVID protocols. We've touched on that one. We'll have a debutante for the Doggies by Declan Casey, the 22-year-old, probably starting on the wing. And um, fortunes have turned around for the Bulldogs. There's no question about that. The Sharks have been impressive this year and probably just in search of some... Uh, consistency leading to the back end of the season. You reckon that's a fair take on what's ahead of us? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think the Sharks were less than impressive last last outing against the Titans. They only just got past the Titans. Uh, the week before that, they, they played the Warriors. So their form line, you can't read into it too much. They haven't played any informed teams uh, over the past few rounds. So I think... This will give us a good indication of where the Sharks are heading towards the finals now. But also, uh, as a Bulldogs fan, I'm feeling very bullish about this one. Yeah, it's interesting because you sort of are of the impression that we've seen the best of them, haven't you? Like, I am. Like, like they, they, as we speak, they're in the top four and, and they're on track potentially for a home semi. But do you get the feeling that, you know, maybe their, their stocks are sell now, their stocks are at their highest? I, I think so. I think, look, Craig Fitzgibbon came in and had that, initial impact as a head coach but I think the length of the season is is going to get the better of the Sharks um, I, I think Nico Hines and Matt Moylan were super impressive in the opening 10 rounds I think that partnership has started to drop off a bit uh, as as we've gone along um, and they're also missing a few troops uh, Braden Hemlin ULA was huge for them in the opening rounds I, I think they've really missed him up front um, and so I think the Bulldogs are finishing with a wet sail and, and the opposite can be said for Cronulla. Rooster Mars has got an answer to your uh, best pilots. He says the best pilots are the ones that don't crash. <laughs> yeah, that's, fair. That's, that's, a fair, that's a fair point. Uh, from an old Berry, this one says, looking forward to seeing Declan Casey making his debut. Would be very interested to know the average age of our backline. Hope they can keep them all together. Um, long term. Well, the average age is around that, that 20-year-old mark. So Jake Averillo is 21, Karaz is 20, um, Aaron Shop's 21, Declan 22, Josh Adokar is the oldest in the back line at 26, and then Matty Burton's only 22 years of age, and Kyle Flanagan's just 23. So the average age, I'd be picking, what, 21, 22 there. Well, yeah. that's a bit of a contrast with the Sharks side, and they're in a position now where they're going to have to make a call on some of their experienced players, like guys like Fafida, Tolman, um, Moylan, I think, will end up staying. Wade Graham, who's obviously coming back, you know, after long-term concussion issues as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys off contract that are playing for spots, and I think that they're still, you know, they're, they're unresolved. They're still torn as to whether or not to um, offer new contracts to some of those guys. Mm. Let's um, have a look, little look into the future, especially around. Belmore and what's going to happen in the dogs. So let's let's jump in the little spaceship or the pilots or the uh, the, the plane that you've the been DeLorean. <laughs> the DeLorean. <laughs> DeLorean. And I want to take you, James Magnuson, to the year twenty twenty seven. Yeah. What do your doggies look like in twenty twenty seven? Five years down the track. I think Gus has built those pathways. Again, it's a strong rugby league nursery in the Bankstown area. So I think Gus will have built up the pathways similarly to what he's done at Penrith. Now here's a stat for you. Every year ending in four the Bulldogs make the grand final. I'm talking 84, 94, 2004, 2014. So we make a grand final in 2024. 
Wow. And we've won a grand final by the time 2027 comes around. Wow. Is Gus still there in 2027? Oh, probably not. Um, but I think he's built the his pathways up. Yeah, I think his work is done the same as it is at Penrith. I, I look at Penrith now, and they look like a they're going to be a force for the next decade with with the the uh, juniors they've got coming through. So um, I, I feel confident that Gus will do the job at uh, at the Bulldogs in twenty twenty seven. Are they still naming Jacob Kiraz on the wing? <laughs> <laughs> Starting him in the centres. The answer's probably yes. yes. In twenty twenty seven, is Matt Burton still a bulldog? I think so. Look, people have come out and said, oh, Matt Burton hasn't taken up his player option. Is anybody surprised by that? I think he's on maybe four fifty or 500000 a year. Yeah. Of course he's not taking up his player option. He'd be crazy to take up his player option. But has he said he wants to leave the Bulldogs? No, he hasn't. And the Bulldogs will dip in for Burton. He'll easily get seven fifty, eight hundred thousand on his next contract. Is he your captain in 27? I think he is. I think he is. It just depends. I mean, he's a very quiet, sort of softly spoken guy. Like he might grow into the role. You know, he's he's a long way from that now. But you know, I just want to see him play with someone consistently, a, a halves partner that lets him do his thing, so that he doesn't have to be an organizer. Yeah. He can see just play what what's in front of him um, and use all of those tools, whether it be the big boot or whatever else, without the burden of having to steer the club around. Reed Marnie will be huge for him. Yes. Some quality service from dummy half will be massive for, for a guy like Burton. How much higher will Matt Burton kick the ball in the year 2027? Oh, <laughs> Did you see that one in Origin? Oh, that was off that's, the charts. That's just... You would have seen a couple live the other week when you came and watched the Parramatta game, Adrian. It's crazy. Out, higher than the stadium, right? It's unbelievable, yeah. It, it really is. And like, it's... What about when it's sort of that twilight time when the lights are starting yeah. to take effect and it's getting yeah. darker? Like, uh, what a nightmare. And especially in windy, greasy conditions. You, you know what you'd be doing? I mean, I, I can't remember seeing the big fireworks spectacular. You know how often they, they had the fireworks spectacular in the first two minutes. You can hardly see anyone out oh, there because of the smoke. Yeah. That's when you'd be kicking. That's yeah. when you're Mac Burton just going, I'm just going to launch one straight away off the very first uh, possession. Wasn't that just a, an extra weapon for New South Wales? Oh, a bit of pressure on Cleary. We'll just go to the left, and there's Burton there. Burton kicked that ball in origin from the left side of the field on his between the 30 and 40-metre line. It landed on the right side of the field on the 10-metre line behind Murray Chualungi's head. Yeah. We if, just don't see that. If, if you're Brad Fittler, you can't drop him. And that's it doesn't no. matter what Jack Wyden does or, or even Latrell. You can potentially uh, find a spot for Latrell, but you can't drop Matt Burton. It's an interesting selection headache to um, absolutely have. Now, it also begs the question of today. What happens today? At the moment, it's... I mean, there's rain all around us, but it's not bucketing down here at Combank Stadium, but it's more than likely going to because it's coming and going in waves. So where does that put you um, play-wise or or game management strategy-wise, especially with somebody with a a booming boot like Burton's got? Oh, I I think it definitely helps to have Burton on your side when, when the weather conditions are like this. The one thing that worries me... The, the big danger that the Bulldogs posed against Parramatta and then the, the West Tigers was offloads. Pengai Jr. did about six offloads, I think, against Parramatta that day. Um, and that's what they were kind of building their attack off the back of. Offloads in this wet, greasy conditions uh, are very high-risk play. Yep. It was interesting, to the way um, Nico Hines approaches this. And I was speaking to him during the week, and he was saying that being in Blues camp for the last couple of 
uh, origins. He sort of gravitated a little bit towards Nathan Cleary and he's just soaking up everything that he's doing. The fact that he's the first guy on the field, that he's practising his goal kicking and we've we've talked about that's an area that he has to improve because he was a last year a 75% uh, goal kicker and that's down around 63, low 60s or, or thereabouts now. So, But just him seeing how those top flight players prepare and, and it's something that he wants to bring into his own game as well. So 2027, everything's looking rosy for you at the at, at Belmore. Are we still we still going back to Belmore for the occasional game? I think by 2027 we may have a facility that can host a number of games per season. Right, just don't put a roof on it, whatever you do, because Burton's, <laughs> Burton's balls. Will be <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How would he go? How would he go at at, uh, at Marvel, Marvel Stadium? Yeah, wow. do you reckon he'd hit the ceiling? You probably would. He'd, he'd have to get yeah. close. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it'd be like 60 meters or something up or. Yeah, yeah, it'd be something like that. Um, there is one, there is one fault that I see in your plan, yeah. Because on your uh, statistic of every year ending in four, yeah, yeah, you make the grand final, yeah. So by the time we get to twenty twenty seven, you say you've already been to the grand final and won it in twenty twenty four, yeah. That means in twenty twenty seven. You've got another seven years before you get to the grand final. <laughs> what I want to know is how many changes of board will there be between now and then? <laughs> like, yeah, so I mean, that's you've got the biannual the sort we, of cycle at the, the ballot box. By the time we get to 2027, uh, you'll have one Jay Magnuson as chairman of the board. <laughs> 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 the Bulldogs have gone in again here in the corner in the New South Wales Cup, so they currently lead 14 points to 12 kick to come. So I'll update you that uh, when that comes along. And, of course, we'll try and tap into Cameron Munster whenever that press conference is getting underway. You can be part of the show anytime. Call 1300 01 1170. Text us on 0457 736 736. Our Twitter and Instagram handles at 1170 SEN and at SENQLD. And the podcast, you can catch up NRL Crunch Time. Back after this. Brought to you by 7-Eleven, Matt White, James Magnuson, Adrian Presenko with you here at Combank Stadium where it's 16 points to 12 in favour of the Bulldogs over the Jets and the rain is starting to come down much harder. A quick uh, sports update for you, fellas. Around the grounds we go. Australia in the Test match against Sri Lanka. Well, that was over in a flash. Ten-wicket win inside three days there and Travis Head, the unlikely star with the ball, he took four for ten. <laughs> four for ten yeah. with the ball as Nathan Lyon took... Uh, nine wickets for the match. But I've got a question for you about Wimbledon. So Nick Kyrgios is going to feature tonight. So normally at Wimbledon, you'd want to go to centre court, right? So here's yep. your lineup at centre court tonight. It is Coco Goff against Anisimova. That's first up. Then Paula Badosa against Petra Kvitova. And then it's Lorenzo Sonego against Rafael Nadal. Do you want a ticket to centre court or do you want a ticket to court one, which is... Alex Dimonor versus Luke Brody, who's a Great Britain player, so he'll have support. Iga Sviontek against Elise Cornet. Sviontek is on a run like never before. And then Nick Kyrgios against Stefanos Tsitsipas. How is Iga not on centre court as the world number one and having won Grand Slam titles, etc.? Why is she on an outside court? Don't know. Yeah. But that's... So I'm going to court with Kyrgios. Yeah, I'm going, I'm going there I love as well. the circus that is Nick Kyrgios. I'm <laughs> all over it. He's box office. We heard during the week uh, there's been complaints from the locals in Wimbledon, the, the people that live there. Uh, apparently during Wimbledon there's uh, 
people doing drugs in the streets, drinking to all hours, and having sex parties what? all around Wimbledon. Why? Because of Nick uh, Kyrgios. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's been blamed they, for a lot of things. Are, are they complaining that it'll be over once the tournament ends? Or what are they, what's the story? Yeah, so it's apparently the locals are a little, a little posh in Wimbledon. Wimbledon wow. Village yeah. is the suburb. And uh, they, they reckon all these international fans come in and are partying and sex, drugs and rock and roll. So that's, wow. that's what's happening Jeez. in Wimbledon right Sounds now. Sounds like a boost to the economy. Yeah. On the pulse. I thought that stuff only happened in Parliament over there. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, we had a question. We're, which, we're, which house is Boris Johnson at for the sex party? <laughs> we had a really interesting chat when we were doing Brekkie last week about Nick Kyrgios and all that kind of stuff. And, and somebody, Adrian, said to uh, on the text line, just don't take him seriously. And, and yeah. that's exactly what you said, Miss. I said, no, I don't. I don't take him seriously, yep. but it's going to be serious tonight against Sitsipas, who's the number four seed in this one. That place will be rocking. So, on the back of... I, I seriously thought you were going to blame all that on Nick Kyrgios then. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's throwing bombs left, right and centre. Yeah. We didn't get to discuss this, but I was going to bring this up on the breakfast show. So, Nick Kyrgios doesn't like the establishment, but he's a headline act. He sells tickets. Could we see Nick Kyrgios in a Greg Norman slash Saudi-backed tennis tour golf star. Ooh, he'd almost have to be your first draft pick, wouldn't he? There you go. Yeah. If there was a basketball equivalent, he would be the first draft pick. (laughs) He would be. Well, remember, Matty, you were saying he was unhappy about the five sets for the doubles. He's pulled out of the doubles. Has he pulled out? He's pulled out of the doubles. On game day, he told Tanasi, I'm out. But oh. I agree with that too. Like, that oh, is a course. lot yeah, of yeah. doubles. It, no one wants to see that. If if it's the final over five sets, then yeah. so be it. But nobody wants to see. I don't really a want to see doubles push. at all, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's curious, right? Saying this could be my shot. The, the, the tournament has never been this wide open. You've basically got Nadal and Djokovic, and then. Medvedev isn't there. He, yeah. It's on grass. Yep. He's got a winning um, record over Titsipas. He's the self-proclaimed best player in the world on grass. <laughs> on grass, ever. Ever. What yeah. happens? So how, how has he avoided um, his old mate, uh, what's his name? Bernard Tommy. Yeah, I thought he was the best player in the world. <laughs> Wasn't he going to win seven Wimbledon? If, if they, you know how they wanted to play a, a match for a million bucks, put up a million bucks for the winner of uh, Tomic versus Kyrgios. Yeah. If they live stream that, It'll be like the uh, those sideshow boxing events, like two rugby league players boxing. Everyone will tune in to watch that. Yeah. I'd watch it. Even if they played on a backyard court in Borkloos, <laughs> I'm turning in to you, watch Kyrgios would, versus Tomic for a million dollars. Main event, would you pay $60 for that? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so was it, a million, was it a million bucks winner takes all? Yeah. Right. A million bucks oh, on the line. There would have to be a sponsor that can somehow commercialise that and... and Oh, they would, but I think they were going to put up the prize money themselves, winner (laughs) takes all. That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Well, here's the thing, because it won't make a difference to Nick Kyrgios. The bank balance just continues to tick over, but Bernie would probably spend it by the time he got to the airport. Oh, wouldn't he? (laughs) I'd like to see this in, in more sports. I'd like people to call out someone else in their sport. I'd like to see... For instance, you know, let's go a, a decade ago now. I, in the media, I say Michael Phelps, meet me in this backyard pool, million bucks <laughs> yep. on the line, winner takes all. Yeah, and you, how good would that be to see? Wow. And when you're saying that to Michael Phelps, you say you put up the you money. put up the million. <laughs> <laughs> he could put up dead set ten million. Is there somebody from from the past world of racing or, or the current world of racing that you didn't get to swim against who you who you'd like to go one out against Pop over a hundred? 
Popov. Alex Popov. Alex Popov. Uh, so I got to race uh, Cesar Cielo, Elaine Bernard, Michael Phelps, Ian Thorpe, uh, Michael Klim. Got to tick all those off the bucket list. Yeah. Um, didn't get Popov. Didn't get Van den Hoogenband. Yep. That'd be a good one. Um, either of those. And then from the... If you, you look back a bit, maybe like a Mark Spitz or a Beyondi, someone like that. Yeah. Mm. Todd, uh, Toolman, rather. Tim the Toolman says, put me on the first plane to England. Those parties at Wimbledon sound right. <laughs> <laughs> um, it appears as though there's a lot more than strawberries and cream going on over there. Another one from Eels Muzz said, uh, my wife just said that my Top Gun fighter pilot name should be Skidmark. I, <laughs> I think that's a bit unfair, don't you? Uh, yes. Uh, thank you for that. Afternoon, gents. Navy and Air Force pilots are not allowed to choose a call sign. They're given an official call sign when they are assigned to their first squadron. There you go. So is that fictional? So, so all that stuff we saw in Top Gun, does that, does that, that's not how it happens? Or maybe they got given those names. I don't remember the first time they called. He came in as Maverick. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. So maybe he got... Yeah, I guess mm. they... I'm not sure. Air Force will say they're better. Navy will say they are better. Regards, the hot dog from Hurstville. Okay. What if they took your name off you? I mean, what yeah. if you walked in and said, hi, I'm, I'm Missile, <laughs> and they go, no, 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 you're... Uh, Potato gun. You're <laughs> skid mark. <laughs> you turn around and walk straight back out. And the Tour de France is on as well. So the very first stage was uh, in Copenhagen, I think. So are you, a, you guys late-nighters sit up and just watch the endless aerial shots from the helicopter? I'm not, I'm not a big Tour de France f- fan, but how much sport is on at the moment? Oh, I crazy. have not seen my family in, like, forever. There's <laughs> test cricket on, thank God. Oh, that didn't go the five days. We've yeah, got yeah. Wimbledon. We've got Jaya Pattaya in a world title fight tonight. Yeah, There's yeah. rugby league on, you know, three or four nights a week. It's About the only time I see Wimbledon is if, uh, sorry, uh, the Tour de France is if I have a big night and I come home and flop on the couch and turn the TV and I'm like, oh, Wimbledon. Uh, sorry, oh, Tour de, France. Tour de France. I was over in France a number of times swimming and the, the tour went past towns we were in. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, who's a... Who's a big name in the tour at the moment? I don't know. Because the Australian won the Giro d'Italia. Yes. Now so he, gonna, must, you, he must be a chance of winning the Tour de France, surely. Now I need to go and remember his name. I yeah, can't we'll find it, we'll find was, it in the break. But that was a big I'm one. assuming he must be a chance of, of winning the tour. Yeah, and there's more on tonight too because over at Optus Stadium is the Wallabies v rugby. England. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. I'll <laughs> stick to the league and the cricket and the tennis. <laughs> well, Adrian's going to be covering the Jaya Pattaya yeah, fight tonight. Right. So tell us a little bit about this fight. He's fighting for a world title, which I, I feel like not enough people know about. It, it's, it's incredible. It's really fine under the radar, particularly given that, you know, uh, Tim Zhu and George Campos have, have got so much um, publicity. So he's fighting for the IBF world title. Uh, Maris Bratis is uh, the best cruiserweight in the world. He has lost only once. He's 37 years old. His only loss was to Alexander Usyk, who's the heavyweight wow. champion. And that was a really close loss. One of the, me? One of wow. the judges had it as, as a tie. The other, one, the other two only just gave it to him. So he's 100% world class. He's Latvian. His profile doesn't match his accomplishments. Yeah. Um, and... It's going to be up on uh, on the Goldie uh, tonight, which I'm really looking forward to, against a guy who's overcome incredible adversity to get to this point. He's had, Jai's had serious hand injuries. He also had a rib injury, um, which required surgery um, only a few weeks ago. So he's still got 
the surgery scars on wow. him, which are going to wow. be like massive targets oh, yeah. for, for Bradis tonight. If yeah. Opatia wins this, where does that rank him in Australian boxing uh, at the moment in comparison to, say, a Tim Zoo or a Cambosis? Is he, is he right well, up there? Well, if he wins this, he's a, he's a world champion, which, which Tim Zoo, for all of the publicity he, he's got, he hasn't won a world title. He's, yep. he's hoping to, mm. and he's potentially on the cusp of doing that if he gets this shot at Jam- Jamel Charlo. Um, yeah. and, and if he does that, I mean, that'll be huge because he'll have all four belts, which has only happened, yeah. you know, nine times in the four-build era. So that's huge. But, but you know, Jai Patai can't do any more. Just another thing for us to watch tonight. How yep. good. Just another thing. Jai well, Hindley, you've got to watch Top Gun as well tonight. Jai yes, Hindley so. was the Aussie rider yes. who won the Giro d'Italia. Yes. Um, okay. Make, make sure you stick around. We need to take a break here at Combank Stadium. Uh, stay with us on Crunch Time. I never thought, James Magnuson, that Tom Cruise would get you so pumped up. You you have just come in absolutely flying, so to speak, and you we were have to desperate our, to hear that. Do we have to put our shirts back on after that? I can't <laughs> leave it off. <laughs> uh, one of the texters has just said to us that Jai Hindley won the Giro, but he's not starting in the Tour de France um, due to fears of burnout. So oh. I, I did a bit of digging in the ad break there, and it, it, it's apparent that it is usual practice that um, not a lot of those that compete in the Italian then go on to do the French tour. There so, you go. in fact, none of the top 10 in this year's Giro d'Italia are on the starting line for the Tour de France. Shows how much I know. So, we, <laughs> well, we got to the bottom of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have just assumed that he was there as well. So. Yeah. Adrian's got news fresh off the press. He's got someone on the ground in Melbourne who's been at the okay. Cameron Munster yeah. oh, uh, I can't wait for this press one. conference. Yeah, buckle in. Yep. Uh, Cameron Munster has called a press conference to say that he will not be leaving the storm until his contract expires. What? Hold the back page. <laughs> so, so he's contracted until the end of 2023. Which we knew. Which we knew. We know that uh, Wayne Bennett has been trying to get him up as soon as possible. The Storm are saying that we're not letting him go. He hasn't asked for a release. We will not be granting him one. We hope that he will stay, but he hasn't recommitted beyond 2023. So there you go. Six again, play on. So the Melbourne Storm have called a press conference on a Saturday to put Cameron Munster out there to say absolutely nothing. Yep, absolutely. And the irony was that he said... Haven't you guys got better things to write about? Oh after coming, press after coming, after calling a press conference to discuss nothing, it's like a Seinfeld episode, isn't it? That's so annoying. Something's, sort of a story. Something's about... crook in Tullarook to me. I, yeah. I, I, the Melbourne Storm don't make those kind of silly errors. No. So what they're basically saying is that Wayne cease and desist. Yeah. Stop trying to poach him. He's not. We're not going to release him. It doesn't matter what you offer him for next year. He's contracted to us, and he will not be leaving early. I, I just can't. I still cannot understand why you'd put Cameron Munster up to the media mm. to, to to say that. They've already had their say to the NRL. Yep. They've had a fair old swipe. Yep. Um, at Wayne Bennett, and, and and he was asked. They said, "Well, look, do you want to stay at the Storm beyond 2023?" And he said, "I haven't looked that far ahead. I've got to talk to my partner about that." Oh deal with it in due course, or words to that effect. That's so annoying, isn't it? What <laughs> yeah. a waste of everybody's Cause it, time. Because you, you, you initially predicted that like, you wouldn't call a press conference unless it's extending or it was a, a yeah. big good news story. Yeah. Um, but ba- basically, they have this is a press conference just to thwart Wayne Bennett, who is probably 
chuckling, his his ribs would be tickled at the moment. He, he, yeah. he would find it so amusing. I, I tell you what it is to me. It's very un-Melbourne-like, very, very un-Storm-like to go down that avenue. If, you, if you're going to unleash one of your marquee players out to the media to say nothing, you look amateurish at best. If you want to get back at Wayne Bennett, you pick up the phone and tell Wayne Bennett to, to cease and desist. No, the way you get back at Wayne Bennett is you re-sign Cameron Munster. Yeah. You, yeah. For, for, and, and then put him out period, for a press conference. And then put him out for a press conference. That's that's how you upset Wayne. That's a really strange one, isn't it? Yeah. But it obviously shows, too, that he's getting under their skin because yeah. he's already he's stolen half of their forward pack already. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and there are other right. fringe players that, you know, are... He's probably having a look at it as well, so they're just sick of players being poached. Wow, he's so. got three of their forwards, hasn't he? Yep, both Bromwiches and Kafusi. Yep, forgot about that. Wow, he's yeah, he's done a number so on Melbourne. He's, he's that would a, be getting under Bellamy's it's, skin. Yeah, it's it's hit a nerve, and obviously there's that relationship between Bellamy and Wayne from from way That's back so when funny. Bellamy basically did his apprenticeship under him. So it's real. Uh, this is uh, rugby league married at first sight again, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's only rugby league. Only rugby league could do that kind of thing. Rooster man's back in your boys today, missile. He says I just launched on the doggies one to twelve. Yeah, smart man. You've come in brimming with confidence uh, in the new ca- New South. Wales Cup being played right in front of us. The Bulldogs 16 lead the Jets 12. So five minutes into the half, uh, the second half here. Bulldogs 16 leading the Jets 12. Matt Dufty has crossed for a couple of tries. So the Bulldogs v Sharks coming up. Kickoff at three o'clock. Andrew McCulloch will be joining me for the call with Timmy Manor as well. We've touched on that 13th versus fourth. What about uh, later on this afternoon, the Cowboys v Broncos? So third versus fifth. Who would have thought if we go back, say, 12 months, that we'd be talking about these two teams at an absolute peak form going head-to-head here? Normally, we'd be saying there's a bit of a struggle on here, but both the Cowboys and the Broncos firing. How good is it, too? Because around the time that they made the grand final, this was one of the most anticipated clashes on the calendar. Yep. And it's been a bit of a dud in the last couple of seasons. And all of a sudden, they're both you know, up there and abouts. And... You know, at least two Queensland teams are doing well. We're going to have a third, and unfortunately, we've got the Titans as well. <laughs> <laughs> Our Queensland li- listeners will be pumped for this one. We've got the SENQ just joined us up there in Queensland. This is going to be a huge match. I actually I don't mind Brisbane as the outsiders in this yep. game. Uh, Adam Reynolds comes back. We've got the Battle of the Halfbacks, the two probably biggest signings of the year, yes. Adam Reynolds and Chad Townsend. If if you had to put your money on the line, Adrian, who would you be going in this one? I've tipped the Cowboys, but yeah. but I, I can definitely see how there's an upset. And th- what I'm really looking forward to seeing is Ezra Mam. He's going to be an absolute superstar. Mm. And for him to be lining up with an experienced guy in Adam Reynolds, who's been out for a while... But, but he's a 10-year NRL player. Like, watch, watch him go. Luciano Leilua named in jumper number 15. So he's yep. officially joined the Cowboys now, and he'll come off the bench for his 100th NRL start. So Cowboys v Broncos. So, sorry, you're going Cowboys, Adrian? Yes. And you are going... I'm going to go Broncos. Broncos. There you go, upset. I'm going to stick with the Cowboys up there at Townsville. I like their style of play in the home ground is obviously to their advantage there. So uh, later on tonight, we've got the Bunnies and the Eels. So the return of Latrell Mitchell for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. Adrian's a para fan, if you didn't know, Matt. I know. So he's, he's hot on the, the para team. But uh, I would hate to put in that first kick if I'm Parramatta. Mitch Moses puts the first kick in. It goes yep. long. Goes to Latrell. 
you're chasing down and you see a Latrell with fire in his eyes. He's on audition for State of Origin. That first player is getting bumped every day of the week. I, I find it interesting that they've named him at fullback as well, given the, the how long he's been out. And, and I assume that he'll run out there, but I would have thought that maybe play him at centres for the first oh, game. Oh, yeah, back. okay. Um, and get it, let him get his match fitness up. And yeah. I'm sure Freddie would have preferred that too, to actually see him play at, uh, at centre rather mm. than at fullback. But let's see how long he'll last. Like, you know, it's, it's, you know, he was over just a few weeks ago. He was in the US and yeah. uh, with uh, Bill Knowles, the reconditioning guru over there, and then COVID, and he got quite knocked around by that. So he's only played, I think, about three times in like eight months. Like yeah, so four, four games or so since August last yeah. year, which yeah. is extraordinary. What, what do you reckon he has to do? What, what does he do to make it a compelling argument that Freddie has to pick him? Has to put him in the squad if, he, if he's not already going to do it. Well, I think firstly, if he can pump out 80 minutes at fullback, that in itself will be you know an incredible um, show of fitness. Um, and he's just he's just got to get involved. He doesn't have to overplay his hand. But I, I think the the narrative for South is we're going to get Latrell back and everything's going to be okay. And and I just think it, that's a lot of pressure on a guy who hasn't played a lot of football and. It's going to take him three or four weeks to get back to full match fitness. Mm. I, I sort of, I've ummed an art on whether Latrell should be coming back into this Origin team. You don't want to change what you know has already worked. And then there's Jack Whiten, who was so good in game one. And Matt Burton's found his feet straight away. But I, I just think from the Queensland side of things, and perhaps I'll ask this to Macca when he comes in, Andrew McCullough, if, you, if you're putting Latrell Mitchell on your team sheet, that has a big, big statement. And that's yeah. the kind of thing that the Queenslanders won't want to see. Yeah, I agree. I'm a huge Latrell fan, but if, if I'm looking at it through Queensland eyes, which is hard to do, but anyway, <laughs> it, oh, Latrell Mitchell would terrify me. If you're lining up at centre and you look up across from you and you've got 110 kilo Latrell Mitchell coming at you all night, that would be absolutely terrifying. I think the biggest beneficiary from all of this will be Cody Walker. They're great mates. Cody's had his angry pants on lately. He's been frustrated. Um, in the la last time they played, uh, they hooked Lachlan Ilias. Yep. Um, I think Latrell will just... That, that combination will, will strike back up again and, and he'll be a better player as a I'm result. I'm assuming Ilias is back yes. in today at halfback? Yes. Strange, isn't it, to, to drop him and then just put him straight back in the starting side? Uh, what lesson do you learn from that? I think the coach was trying to... It was a really tough night out for him. He dropped the kickoff. They were getting smashed. I think the coach wanted to spare him, but in hooking him, I think you actually humiliate him even more and bring more attention to him. And yeah. He almost looks like he's the problem when they were just having... They were all having a terrible night. Yeah. And there's been a try in the corner here to Tyler Tamo for the Newtown Jets, and it's broken the 16-all uh, deadlock. So New South Wales Cup, the Jets lead 20 points to 16. It's raining heavily at Combank, and the conversion will be attempted from the sideline. We'll let you know how that goes on the other side of this break. Well, good to be back again. Unfortunately, didn't land any winners in the Origin game too this time, but uh, how'd you go, Seth? Well, I went over to Perth. I was lucky enough to be able to go over and call the game for SDN. Yeah. It was um, a great stadium. And I've got to say, it was a really enjoyable game as well. If you're a New South Wales fan, uh, to be able to score that many points as Origin, in Origin is really enjoyable to, to watch. Um, and I thought it was going all right. You know, I've got Burton any time try scorer, bang. Then we get Munster any time try scorer, bang. I just need Queensland to win, and unfortunately, that didn't happen. I wish I would have been able to get some odds for Ashley Klein to be the best player on the field. Um, yeah. Those odds weren't available. Uh, we'll have to get you a, a special rocket bet because uh, one of the ambassadors, Jake Carden, he had a 
same game multi for the match. Got copied 685 times, so uh, we had to pay we had to pay out a little bit there. And uh, the biggest same game multi was 81 dollars with five legs, which is just huge. So some great stuff happening on Dabble uh, stats. We'll get to the crunch time team, and I reckon I don't reckon you're going to be happy with this one because they've gone all favourites. Cronulla Sharks win by over six and a half points. North Queensland Cowboys. And the Parramatta Eels as well. What do you think about that multi? Now, I think this weekend, when it comes to the tips, I think you've got to play the safe bet this weekend. Mm. Um, I think the toughest one, to, I think the one to stay away from is the Warriors and the Tigers game. First game back in New Zealand, very emotional time for the Warriors. There are a couple of key mm. players out. And can they handle the occasion is my biggest concern for the Warriors. So I, I think that's a game worth staying away from, to be quite honest. But I've actually yep. followed a little bit of uh, crunch times uh, the same the same form of multi, but I've added actually another sport as well, which Dabble is, is giving really good odds for as well. So I've gone, I've gone yep. Cronulla uh, to win their game. I've gone yep. Parramatta to beat the Bunnies by more than six and a half. And I've gone yep. to the World Cruiserweight Championship tonight between Jai Opataya and Maris Breeders from Latvia. He's the current world champion, three-time yeah. world champion. And I've, I've taken the underdog, the Australian Jai Opataya, and you love your boxing, don't you, Seth? Which is just like... I, love I think it. You're, I love you're always chucking in one, one leg in there, at least. And that's one of the good things about Dabble is, obviously, you know your boxing, so if you want to get involved, you can just follow Stats 13. He's always got something up there as well. Also got a rocket bet for you as well from uh, your man, Trevor Gilmeister. He's going to Cowboys-Broncos game. Holmes and Cobbo to combine for two tries. I like these odds. $3.75. Yeah. They will know try scorers as well, and they'd want to be in really good form leading into selection which is Monday for, for Origin both these players will be in Origin but you want to go in with some you know, some confident plays behind your belt as well so I don't mind that from, from Big Barney Gilly yeah yeah. obviously as you said like Melbourne has to there have been people coming in and out of the side uh, obviously getting Pappenhausen back is huge uh, mm-hmm. that, I don't know it's, a, it's an interesting side I still just feel like they need a little bit more don't they yeah well they've got to win this year they're losing too many yeah. good players, so they have to win it this year. And um, they feel, seem like a lot more mature side. So you know, I'm not counting them out at all, Josh. Yeah, well, of course, you can check future odds for who's going to win it all on the Dabble app. All you have to do, download it. Uh, follow the Crunch Time NRL team. They've been so close in so many multis. Follow Stats 13. Check out all the banter that's going on in the channels. And, of course, go on. Have a Dabble. Dabble socially and gamble responsibly. Until next time, Stats. See you, Josh. Enjoying Crunch Time banter? Check out Dabble banter channels and copy Crunch Time bets. Go on, have a dabble. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. And almost time for us to wrap it up. It's been a Top Gun-themed show today. The missile came in all hot and sweaty after watching Tom Cruise <laughs> last night. Tim Manor and Andrew McCulloch are going to join me as we build up to the call between the Bulldogs and the Sharks. The Jets have gone in again here, so it'll be 24 points to 16 in the knock-on effect cup. Later this afternoon, Queensland Cup on 1170 in SENQ. Pride v Bears, Drury Forbes and Scotty Sattler there. And crunch time is now on Sundays as well. So Julian King, Steve O'Keefe and Barney. Uh, Barney and the Professor fame will be in the house for crunch time tomorrow. So, fellas, 
Have yourself a good evening. You're going to stick around and watch the footy missile. I'm sticking around. Adrian, you're going to work to cover the fight? Yep, absolutely. And hopefully we can pay off the uh, Kenny Loggins royalties that we've uh, clocked up over the last <laughs> two hours. Danger zone. So on behalf of Juliet, Romeo, Mike and Alpha Papara over there, who doesn't have a middle name, but it worked anyway, this is Mike Delta Whiskey signing off. You boys are going to Top Gun. <laughs> When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.